is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! What a pass! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. When you come from Portsmouth and live in Portsmouth, you grow up wanting to play for Portsmouth. If I can lead the boys to success and lead the team out, that would be a real dream come true. Action and reaction. Such a massive club. I'm so, so happy to be a part of this, this journey and hopefully get this club to the next level and where it wants to be. Giving Pompey fans a voice. That's what makes this football club so special is the fans. I'm not a Portsmouth fan, but I'm an adopted one now. I love this football club. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a long time ago and it's stagnating. We've got to get out of this division and into the championship. Pompey's participation in this season's FA Cup comes to an end at the very first hurdle. Mandeville sticks his right hand in the air and chips in a ball which Norris misses and Naylor heads into the net and Tom Naylor has given Chesterfield the lead. A lovely delivery against his old club. No celebrations from Naylor. Chesterfield won, Portsmouth nil. Former Blues captain Tom Naylor with the only goal of the game as over 1,500 in the away end are left shaking their heads at the aptly named SMH Group Stadium. Yesterday's 1-0 defeat marked only the second time Portsmouth have been knocked out by a non-league side, but that's how the cookie crumbles. It was former Pompey boss Paul Cook who led the Spyrites to yesterday's win. And on tonight's show, we'll hear the assessment of current gaffer John Messino. It's difficult to, to pinpoint um, one or two things because I thought there were, there were plenty of things that went wrong. Ultimately, our performance level wasn't there and we got punished by uh, you know, a very, very decent sides. We'll gather up all of the reaction to yesterday's defeat for the men as well as a league win for the Portsmouth women. And despite seeing his side score three, keep a clean sheet and go top of the table, boss Jay Sadler is setting standards very high. I think we were good. I wouldn't say we were anything better than that. Coming away from a game today and you see the disappointment from players. It was a bit subdued at the end of the game. We know we can be better holistically. However, we've probably done enough today to win the game of football. Between now and 7 o'clock, we'll hear the post-match reaction of Jay Sadler as well as defender Reva Casley. To come back home and get a 3-0 win with a clean sheet is massive. Sit top of the table now, which I think is where we deserve to be. This team have got something special and I think we've just got to turn that to. And as always, Blues fans, we want to hear from you tuning in back home. 81400 is the number to text. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com. Find us over on Twitter at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. Well, I'm ashamed to say we have a defeat to talk about tonight. For the first time this season, Pompey have been defeated in a 90-minute match of football. A very good evening and welcome to a Football Hour. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Yes, good evening. Welcome to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM, which is driven to you this season by Stagecoach Across the South. You can visit stagecoachbus.com for more information on the services they can provide in your area. So as you just heard then, for the men, Portsmouth men defeated for the first time this season across 90 minutes. It came in the FA Cup first round away at Chesterfield yesterday lunchtime. Of course, the other loss that has come for John Messino's side this season happened on August the 29th. That, though, on penalties to Peterborough United in the Carabao Cup. We'll get 
all of the reaction to yesterday's defeat at the SMH Group Stadium between now and 7 o'clock. We'll hear from John Bacino himself. And later on, we'll also come on to review what was a, a massive victory for Jay Sadler's Portsmouth women. We're going to hear from the gaffer as well as defender Reva Casley between now and 7 o'clock. We also want to hear from you guys back home as well. Let us know all of your thoughts from yesterday's defeat to Chesterfield. Your score predictions for tomorrow's EFL Trophy tie away at Leighton Orient as well as your predicted lineup as well. Will John Messina make 11 wholesale changes for the midweek trip to Brisbane Road considering there is a game at home to Charlton Athletic in League One on Saturday afternoon. I'm going to give you a few moments to get in touch. Send us your emails, your texts, your tweets uh, over the course of the next few minutes or so whilst we reluctantly take a listen back to how the events unfolded up in Derbyshire yesterday afternoon. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Chilton scores! 90 minutes of passionately pompy commentary. He scored! This is... You wouldn't believe it! Pompey Live. And we are underway. And Norris's goal kick is immediately charged down by Will Griggs. That was an embarrassing moment for the Pompey goalkeeper, who then just puts it out of play. And Chesterfield have a throw. And here's Anduran in the penalty area for Portsmouth. Big force wide, goes to Devlin, lays it back to the edge of the box. Shooting chance over the bar and a corner kick. Good play from Pompey. And I think Brig is onside on this occasion and he's got there ahead of Regan Paul initially. Oh, and then he's shown good strength to hold Paul off. The chance for Chesterfield, saved by Norris. Brig out-muscling Paul, who's then down, holding his right knee. And that's a worrying sign for Portsmouth. And Jacobs is allowed to bring the ball down, and Pompey not quite set defensively. And Jacobs finds Banks outside the area, cries of shoot, he will, and he'll put it wide. Pompey a bit of a mess at the back, nil-nil. Pompey motoring forward here, and Lane's on the right corner of the penalty area. What can he make to the dead ball line again? And he takes a shot, and it's a good save at the near post by Tyra. Another Pompey corner, nil-nil. Mandeville sticks his right hand in the air and chips in a ball, which Norris misses, and Naylor heads into the net. Chesterfield the lead, a lovely delivery against his old club, no celebrations from Naylor, and it's a non-league side who strike first, Chesterfield one, Portsmouth nil, and Duran outside the box, stands it up to the far post, Bishop the target, and his header is saved by the goalkeeper, and he knows it's a charm, here's Jacobs trying to drive forward, and he cuts inside Spark, and Jacobs is causing problems here, and Jacobs shoots just over the bar, bar a deflection, and Jacobs close to making it, an ex-Pompey boys double on the score sheet. Corner kick. Naylor tries to send Mandeville away down the right-hand side. It's a good run from Mandeville. He's gone down, and he's got a free kick on the edge of the box. He wants a penalty. What? The referee saying no. It's just outside the box. I think he's in the, if it's a foul, it's in the box. Well, good luck, isn't it? Lane up against Colclough, cutting back on his left foot. Now the delivery comes in. It's just over the head of Raggett. Not in down and wide. And what a chance for Kamara. Oh, and shock as he gives the ball back to Oldercut and Chesterfield on the attack here. Colclough, danger for Pompey. Colclough, left-footed shot, wide of the goal. Few people thought it was it. Sloppy from Portsmouth. And Chesterfield have knocked Portsmouth out of the FA Cup for just the second time in Portsmouth's history. They've been beaten by a non-league side in the FA Cup. 1-0. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aquacars. 
Will Grigg may not have been on fire, but then again, neither were Pompey, who would not remember, remember the 5th of November in a hurry. The highlights you just heard there of Pompey's FA Cup first round defeat away at Chesterfield yesterday. We won't take you through all of the results from this weekend's FA Cup schedule as well. We'd be here all night, but a few interesting ones to note. On Friday evening, Horsham travelled to Oakwell and they held Barnsley to a 3 all draw. So that tie will be replayed next week. On Saturday, plenty of games happened on Saturday afternoon. Some ones to note, um, Bolton 4 winners over Solihull. Uh, Bristol Rovers uh, defeating Whitby Town by seven goals to two. Um, Eastleigh 5-1 winners over Boreham Wood. Um, some notable ones as well. Leighton Orient tomorrow's opponents in the EFL Trophy. 3-1 victors over Carlisle United. And uh, down elsewhere as well, a 7-4 victory for Oldershot Town away at Swindon Town. A massive victory for the shots away at Swindon um, on Saturday afternoon. And then on Sunday, there are a few matches as well, of course. Uh, Chesterfield won Pompey nil. Kidderminster Harriers won Fleetwood 2. Grimsby Town of League 2 were held by one goal all away at Slough. Derby County travelled to Crewe Alexandra and could only manage a 2-2 draw. And Saturday's opponents for Pompey Charlton were held to one draw at home to Cray Valley Paper Mill. So they'll be forced into replay next week as well. So on hand to join us tonight and uh, go through all of the action from the weekend, notably, of course, Portsmouth men's defeating the FA Cup to Chesterfield. And delighted to say, first and foremost, Mr Tom Malley. Tom, good evening to you, sir. Good evening, Jake. How are you doing? Yeah, I, I think I've just about recovered from a journey home yesterday. I think we were on the road for a, a total of nine hours. I think it was all, all together. Yeah, not not fantastic, but um, but we did it. And uh, yeah, Pompey, but the fans, fifteen hundred of them, one thousand five hundred and sixty-six, and that away in yesterday afternoon. Tom, were not rewarded for their valiant effort. No, they weren't. It was um, it was a really out of character performance from what we've seen so far this season. Um, Part of me just thinks that's that's the luck of the FA Cup. Sometimes um, the smaller sides get that bit of extra, whatever it is, and um, I think that I think that's what we what we saw. Um, we just weren't up to it for whatever reason. And Chesterfield, in my opinion, and I hate to say it, were fully deserving of the win. Yeah, and alongside myself and Tom tonight, uh, Mr. Andy Mitchmore. Andy, good evening. Thank you very much for joining us. Good evening, Jake. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, um, could have been better. Um, and I'm sorry we've had to invite you on to uh, the show where we review Pompey's first defeat in 90 minutes this season. And in fact, the first one uh, all the way since March. But um, but here we are, Pompey are out of the FA Cup. What did you make overall of the uh, the performance from John Messino's side at Chesterfield yesterday? Yeah, I'd echo that, really. I think you have to say that Chesterfield were completely good value for the win. And it looked flat, it looked leggy. And, you know... I've just thoroughly enjoyed the overall social media meltdown we've seen ever since, to be honest with you. But no, it was a, it was a weird game that just could not get going. And unlike Reading, where, you know, it was a slow start, but we managed to kick into gear when backs were against the wall, just didn't happen. And you have to say that man for man, Chesterfield played better on the day and, and deserved the win, which is obviously concerning. But uh, we go again. We go again, indeed. Um, and if we are being honest, of course, Tom, this is a game we're going to sort of analyse in greater detail in a few moments' time. We're going to go through uh, the match a little bit chronologically and we're going to criticise Pompey because they've been defeated. But all in all, if you're going to suffer your first defeat in 90 minutes of the season, we're quite relieved to know that it's happened in the FA Cup, not in the league. 
Yeah, exactly. That's what I that's what I've said and um and echoed those thoughts since to be honest. At the time everyone was pretty frustrated, but you know, once it's settled in, you kind of do think, well, to be fair, well, I would rather lose in the cup uh than the league. Obviously we want the league to be the number one priority and I guess because of the defeat, we've we've got a step closer to making that the sole priority because obviously we're not in the competition anymore. So yeah, swings and roundabouts, I think. In terms of the sort of overriding feeling from the game, uh, Andy, you mentioned there the, the reaction on, on social media. Do you think that maybe it has been a bit of an overreaction or do you think that some of the criticism that, that we have seen following that match has been warranted? I think there's certainly you can't just not criticise, can you, if uh, if a team doesn't turn up for whatever reason and you've got over 1,500 fans travelling to the other end of the country. I think if you're not allowed to criticise, then it's a bit disrespectful to the fan base who are making the trip. But I think there's a, a line between criticism and forgetting what's happened over the last sort of six, seven months in the league. So, yeah, I think there, there has been an overreaction in some quarters, but I think most of us have got our heads screwed on enough to realise that this isn't realistically going to make or break the season. And to be honest with you, if we get three points against Charlton on Saturday, I genuinely don't think many people are going to remember either this game or Tuesday night's game in about a month's time. Yeah. I really think we'll move on very quickly if we pick up those three points in the league. And that is right, isn't it, Tom? Because we all love the FA Cup and we want to see our side win every single match of football that they play in, whether it's the league, the FA Cup, the EFL Trophy or the Carabao Cup, of course. But when it comes down to it, if, of course, a reaction is followed uh, up on Saturday, forget tomorrow because there's going to be wholesale changes. The, the, the side need to respond to yesterday's defeat on Saturday at home to Charlton because if they win that game or <laughs> give, them the, uh, give them a record against Charlton at Fratton Park, maybe a draw would suffice. But we need a strong performance on Saturday to really get over yesterday. On the day yesterday and on tonight's show, of course, reaction is going to be understandably concerning and, and, and worrying and we've got a lot to talk about. But on the balance of things, when you look back at the end of the season... No one looks at the FA Cup run. We didn't sit here at the end of last season and say, oh, yeah, the campaign was defied on that trip to Spurs because it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. And you know what the funny thing is? I think people have gotten so used to us now winning this season that we've kind of forgot what it was like to lose. And that's it's probably made it harder to take that we've actually lost uh, again for, for once. Well, for the first time, really, this season. Um so I think that's probably part of it. But yeah, I mean, if we beat Charlton next week, this result will be very, very quickly forgotten. Sorry, um, this weekend. Hmm. Um, this result will be very quickly forgotten. I mean, even if we win tomorrow, I think just get a, get a good result straight away as soon as we can and then straight on to Charlton. I, I really don't think in the long run anyone's going to care about Chesterfield. No. Um, and sort of watching the game, Andy, of course, we, we, we have got a lot to pick about tonight and from a Pompey perspective, and we will do after break, where we'll also hear from the head coach, John Messino. But given the, the weight of the match and all, all of the cliches behind it, it's an away trip for Pompey. It's on TV. It's a 12-15 kickoff in the FA Cup first round, where, unfortunately, the magic does happen. Away at a side who are top of the National League and, and doing pretty darn well themselves, managed by a former Pompey boss, with two former Blues strikers or former two former Blues players, sorry, within their ranks, and Will Grigg up top. This this wasn't going to be a walk in the park, was it? No, I think what you've named there is like a perfect storm of. <laughs> it was going to be. It was always. It was always going to end in tears, wasn't it? It was. Let's be honest. All of those things you've just named, none of them really played to our strengths, do they? But um, no, exactly, and. I, I honestly didn't feel like there was too much magic of the FA Cup this weekend, if I'm completely honest. But uh, I'm sure Chesterfield fans 
would mostly disagree. But it was never going to be an easy game. This isn't like you're playing a team eight divisions below and have a massive banana skin. You know, they are top of their league. The odds are, I mean, I would put money on them going up this season. Mm. You look at their squad, they're basically they're doing what Wrexham looked like they were going to do for most of last season, um, but without spending quite that amount of money. They've got a squad that is better than their league. They've got a manager who is better than their league. And they are, they're going to do some damage potentially in, in domestic competitions. And that's not me saying that, you know, we should necessarily be losing to them because we're supposed to be, you know, the best ranked team as, uh, as we kept hearing the other day left in the FA cup at this stage. But at the same time, it's not a gimme. It wasn't a gimme. It was never going to be a gimme. And uh, it's a really old trope, isn't it, to say it? But it did look like Chesterfield wanted it more, which I'm sure isn't the case. But it certainly came across that way watching the game. Are you someone, Tom, who believes in maybe a little bit of superstition or, or maybe good omens? Are you a fan that maybe follows that kind of route down football? or are you? Because I've got a good one to share with you, if you are. Yep, go for it. In 2016, also on the 5th of November, which of course was the date yesterday when Pompey were defeated by a goal to nail away at Chesterfield in the FA Cup first round, on the 5th of November 2016, which was of course the season Pompey won promotion to League One from the 4th Division as champions under Paul Cook, uh, Portsmouth were defeated in the first round of the FA Cup at home to Wickham Wanderers. So... Tom, if we're talking about good omens, then surely following that same sort of path as we did in our last promotion season is something to cheer us up a little bit. Yeah, but I believe we also lost all the shot in the first round a few years back, so uh, I don't think we had quite the same luck then, did we? Oh, Tom, that, that, Tom <laughs> come on. We've also got. I, an e- <laughs> I'm, I'm both for against these superstitions, you know. We, we've also got an EFL trophy tie to look forward to um, a little bit later on in tonight's show. Pompey are top of the group, and in order to not get through to the knockout stages, Pompey would have to suffer quite a heavy defeat away at Leighton Orient. And uh, if we are fo- following omens from that 2016-17 season, well, I'm, I'm, I'm afraid to say Pompey finished third in the group that season in the EFL trophy. were knocked out of the group stages. So, if that's anything to go by then uh, I wouldn't get your hopes up for tomorrow's trip to Brisbane Row. But we're going to come on to preview that game a little bit later on. Right, and uh, when we do return from the break, we're going to hear more from both Tom and Andy, as well as head coach John Bussino and his assessment of yesterday's defeat. It's a bit of a cliche, but these things happen in the FA Cup. I've been on the receiving end of you know, losing games to, to lower league opposition, and I've also been on the other end where we've you know you beat a side higher up. The most important thing now for us is, is obviously the league campaign. We're not going to overreact, but it's probably the first time we've we've taken our foot off the gas for prolonged periods in the game, and we just weren't we weren't good enough. And yeah, we got what we deserved. We'll hear what the Blues boss had to say in full after yesterday's defeat, as well as more from Tom and Andy when the football hour returns after a short break. This is the football hour on Express FM. The new Stagecoach Flexi 5, a bus ticket that works when you do, for those who travel often, but not every day. These new flexible bus tickets are available as Flexi 5, bundles of five day riders for the price of four, and Flexi 10, bundles of 10 day riders for the price of seven. Flexi tickets are now available to download via the Stagecoach bus app. Download Flexi 5 or Flexi 10 from Apple App Store or Google Play today. For more information, visit stagecoachbus.com. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. 
Welcome along to part two of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Brought to you, of course, this season by Stagecoach Across the South, whose app you can download straight away from the Apple app and Google Play Store to prepay for your ticket and plan your journey in advance as well. And if you're looking for apps to download tonight, do head over to the Express FM app, brand new, launched at the start of this season. You can get in touch with us on that via a text message and a voice note as well. So if you quite literally want your thoughts to be heard, live on air, then I suggest you go and download not only the Stagecoach app, but the ExpressFM app as well, available on iOS and Android devices. Well, this evening, I'm joined alongside Tom Malley and Andy Mitchamore to review yesterday's 1-0 defeat for Portsmouth men in the FA Cup. And later on, we're going to touch upon the Pompey women's table-topping victory at home to MK Dons. Also, that happened yesterday afternoon. Got a couple of people getting involved on the emails already this evening. First of all, from Linda. Thank you very much for getting in touch. She says, if we're going to have a very poor performance, I'm glad it was in the Cup rather than the league. At least we did not drop any points. I thought the fighting spirit was lacking against Chesterfield and our final balls were terrible. We didn't trouble with their goalkeeper. A lot of our players were below par. Hopefully we will pull it together for the league match against Charlton and normal service will resume. Otherwise, we will get slaughtered. <laughs> People watching on TV must have wondered how we're top of League One table. It was a shame that most of the players had an off day. Hopefully this will be rectified against Charlton onwards and upwards. Linda on the emails there. Tom Malley and Andy Mitchmore, as I mentioned, alongside us tonight. Tom, sort of in reaction to Linda's email there, we're going to talk about Pompey's performance because it obviously wasn't good enough. We give credit to, to Chesterfield for their win and the way they display themselves on the, on the TV screens in front of a, a side 48 places above them. That can't be um, just, just brushed aside as a fluke because it, it was a thoroughly deserved victory. Um, but from a Pompey perspective, we went into that game knowing that whilst favourites it wasn't going to be an easy one nonetheless expected a little bit more fight particularly going forward yeah definitely especially because of the season we've had you would expect so much more than what we offered um obviously we've, we've said it already credit to Chesterfield because they their game plan was good and they ex- executed perfectly um but for us yeah I think the number one thing for me personally I think it highlighted that we are we should maybe potentially look at bringing in another winger um at least i think the options are quite threadbare at times um paddy lane is a fantastic winger in my opinion i i do really rate him but he had a he did have a big off day and that's that's going to happen and i think we need to be prepared for that kamara obviously came off the bench scully's injured um so yeah i, I think for me personally the the attacking options out wide um that needs to be looked into and Andy, is is that something you can get on board with? Do Pompey need a bit more of a threat on on of the wings, or is is that something you think that John Messino has got enough of at the moment? Yeah, I think it's hard to argue that we've looked a little bit. Bear is probably too strong a word, um, but I think when one of the players has an off day, a lot of pressure is heaped on someone like Paddy Lane, who's maybe been a bit more consistent. Having said that, I think that this is where I think there has been a bit of an overreaction where a couple of scapegoats have been pulled out of the squad some a little bit earlier in the season. And uh, I think they have tended to be some of our wider players that have been those scapegoats, um, potentially because, I don't know, if they're the players that take more risks in terms of running out of defence, in terms of, you know, not taking the easy option, they are by definition going to lose the ball a bit more than, you know, some of those other positions on the pitch where you have easier passes available more often. So, yeah, I think there's been some scapegoating unnecessarily of, of some of these players, the, the wingers, naming no names, 
Um, but you'd say it's where we've looked like we've got least impact, you know, in terms of coming up with a plan B compared to some other areas on the pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go through the uh, through through the goal then, Tom. On the 32nd minute, it was uh, Tom Naylor, of all the players that could have scored in that game on Sunday afternoon, the former Pompey captain heading in from Liam Mandeville's free kick. Um, for that one, do you think it's a, is it a case of a just a really well-timed run from, from Tom Naylor and a good header, or do you think that some blame needs to at least lie with... Maybe the defence for not catching up with him, but potentially even Will Norris for, 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 well, in my opinion, I think he bottled coming out for, for coming to claim that one. Maybe you might have a bit of a more positive outlook on that one, but I think the goalkeeper's a little bit of fault for that one. Yeah. Um, I, I, Norris, for me, was definitely caught in no man's land, 100%. Um, whether you can give any credit to the the delivery of the ball and Naylor putting his head in there. I guess you can, um, but someone I think should have also been picking Naylor up or at least been on him better than they were to give him the space to get in there. Yeah, it's a difficult one. For, but the biggest the biggest takeaway from that goal for me was that Norris was, um, yeah, the timing was, was awful and definitely caught out uh, big time for that. Not not a scapegoat for myself either because Will Norris has had a, an excellent start to the season <laughs> uh, as a Pompey goalkeeper. But yeah, just just in my opinion, I think could have done a little bit better with that one. And and Andy T- Tom Naylor not necessarily the most threatening player for Chesterfield on Sunday afternoon. But you look at the likes of um, Ollie Banks, uh, Liam Mandeville as well. Michael J- Jacobs actually had a pretty good game against his former side um, as well. The Blues were under a, under the cost for a lot of it, and it has to be said that uh, no real stage, even towards the, the latter stages of the game, where Pompey have secured so many points this season, didn't really look like John Messino's side were going to get back into that one at all. No, we weren't really banging the door down, were we? I think, yeah, Naylor had a, a standard, really solid game, to be honest with you. Uh, I enjoyed him getting booked. I think he fouled two Pompey players in the same <laughs> tackle when he got booked, which is... Probably the most Tom Naylor thing I could have expected <laughs> to happen during the game. But uh, yeah, Mandeville looked dangerous roaming down the wing. Jacobs had a really good game. Banks looked super lively, didn't he? Playing behind Grigg there. Looked like just mm. an absolute sort of power packet of energy every time he got on the ball. And again, wasn't afraid to run at, at the Pompey defence. So yeah, when you, you're going through which of their players have particularly good games, you are going with the more attacking players, which kind of demonstrates that we weren't forcing their centre-backs into having a worldy 90 minutes. Their keeper, I think, made one standard stop from a Paddy Lane kind of cross-come shot Mm -hmm. thing. Um, But other than that, you know, you wouldn't say that there were any moments of exceptional skill from their defensive players. It was all going forward. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, they looked bright, they looked lively, completely good value and and zero complaints as a Pompey fan of sort of losing the game. Yeah. Well, we've heard from Tom, we've heard from Andy, but let's now hear what the gaffer had to say about proceedings on Sunday afternoon. Andy Moon asked John Messino where it all went wrong. It's difficult to, to pinpoint um, one or two things because I thought there were, there were plenty of things that went wrong. I think, you know, ultimately our performance level wasn't there and we got punished by, uh, you know, a very, very decent side. So there were plenty of things I thought we did well up until half-time, but I, I thought the second half Chesterfield were all over us, to be honest, and thoroughly deserved the win. So uh, it's, it's difficult with the emotion of the game afterwards. You don't want to um, overreact. and I don't, Obviously, we're not going to overreact, but um, sometimes I think the best thing to do is just to take a breath. We review the game now on the bus on the way back, um, have a look at things tomorrow and then properly see what went wrong. Second half in particular, how frustrating you just couldn't take advantage of any of those 
attacking positions you found yourself in? Yeah, our quality was really poor in the second half. We got into some um, you know, very good spots. The ball kept going behind for goal kicks. Uh, we didn't get too many shots off. I don't think we tested the goalkeeper. The one chance we had that, that fell into the middle of the box, I think he went wide. And yeah, that, that was obviously a frustration. Um, but so when I say you know it's difficult to pinpoint what went wrong, uh, that's probably because the quality attacking wasn't there. But also I thought we I thought we did get outworked as well in the second half, and it, it felt it sometimes you know I don't I don't want to um, overreg it, but it did feel at times like they were running all over us, and uh, yeah, that was a real disappointment. Uh, Injury-wise, what's the situation with firstly with Regan Paul? I think Regan is, is OK, just twisted his knee. Uh, the disappointment with that one is that he was offside, the linesman slipped and decided not to give it. It was a very strange decision, I thought, overall, because that could have all been prevented. Uh, I think Regan's OK. He came and sat on the bench uh, second half and, and said he was absolutely, well, not absolutely fine, but I don't think it's anything too serious. And, um, and Tino said his hamstring, so we'll, we'll see how that is tomorrow and go from there. Uh, was Sparks injured or was that just a selection, him coming off? No, that was just tactical. Sparks is fine. And the same with Rafferty and, and Swanson? Uh, yeah, same. I thought Raf was on that yellow card and uh, we actually found ourselves in a situation at half time where we only had one more um, sub we can make in terms of the, the block of time so we thought it was the right thing to do at half time and, and make that change just in case you know Rafs was you know if he'd made another foul and the ref said that's the sort of last one we didn't then want to have to burn our last sub doing that so we did that at half time we, you know it's been so positive so much this season it, you know I guess it's, it's now a case of, of bouncing back and kind of figuring out what's gone wrong today yeah, I think that's the most important thing, and um, it's, it's a bit of a cliche, but these things happen in the FA Cup. I've been on the receiving end of um, you know, losing games to, to lower league opposition, um, and I've also been on the other end where we've you know you beat a side higher up. The most important thing now for us is, is obviously the league campaign. We've got to focus on the game Tuesday, which um, you know we want to win to get through to the next round of the EFL Trophy as well. So. We're not going to overreact, but there, uh, it's probably the first time we've we've taken our foot off the gas for prolonged periods in the game, and we just weren't we weren't good enough. And yeah, we got what we deserved. How frustrating was it watching from the sideline? Extremely frustrating. I, you know, I, I always accept um, results, and, and at times we've uh, you know, there's been performances we've put in which have been decent and you know we haven't got the result we've deserved. And one that, that springs to mind: if we hadn't got that last-minute goal against Derby and we lose the game, I can live with it because the performance level for the 90 minutes was really good. Today, it's very difficult to stomach because I thought we were, we were poor for, especially the second half. I thought we were okay, actually, up until half-time and we controlled the game. We obviously conceded, but I thought we were okay then. I, I didn't think there was a huge amount we needed to change, but came out in the second half and the first thing Michael Jacobs did was take on about six of our players, which, um, as good a player as he is, is, is pretty unacceptable for us. And um, we, we saw that too many times in the second half. Yeah, the post-match thoughts of the head coach John Messino there with Andy Moon after the game on Sunday afternoon. Uh, from one Andy to another, Moon to Mitchell Moore. Um, Andy, listening to the interview with John Messino there, he mentioned the fact that he, he's not going to overreact. It's not something that they're going to dwell on too much, something we expected, but also something that maybe does breathe a, a, a sort of a sigh of relief that they're not going to analyse well, you know, too much apart from some bits they need to improve, of course, for Saturday. But it could also indicate as a Pompey fan, but maybe effort levels weren't 100% like we have seen in the league this season. Andy Mitchmore is uh, <laughs> is not there. Um, Tom, I'll throw that question to you. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, I think part of that is probably it was a cup game as well. This isn't the league. This is the cup. Um, and with the season we've had, there is absolutely no need to to overdramatise things. Um, it was just. I think it was just an off day. It really was. And if the if the lads can go go out there Saturday and 
and get three points and prove that they can you know, that this was just a blip and um they can continue the run and as as we've already said Saturday, uh, Sunday's game against Chesterford will be forgotten so quickly um that it won't matter so yeah no the the overreaction isn't isn't needed it's not necessary um and it's all about you know how they how they respond on Saturday yeah and also within that John Bassino interview and he mentions bringing off Joe Rafferty at half time he was of course on a yellow card as well not having the great of uh, greatest of 45 minutes since uh, since joining the Blues um, he was brought off at half time for Zach Swanson Jack Sparks also um, substituted off on the 60th minute and John Bassino mentioned that both of those um, were due to sort of tactical concerns and, and, and really a, a selection concern rather than bringing them off for, for any injuries or anything like that so refreshing to know also we've got a, a head coach in charge but will pull players off a pitch if they're not performing up to the standards that they expect yeah I think so yeah um, yeah I think to be fair with to Messino like he's not afraid to make changes we've seen it a few times now where a system just hasn't been working at all in the first half and oh, was it Peter Brawick and one of those games earlier in the season at home where the system basically changed after what, 35, 40 minutes. Cause mm. I think Swanson was getting caught forward too much and they were getting a lot of draw in the wings. And Messino mid-game just changed the system completely. He didn't actually wait till half-time. So, yeah, we've got a coach in place who is not afraid to make decisions sort of mid-game on the hoof and mix things up. If he sees something that isn't working, he will address it. And it doesn't matter if it involves putting a player off for performance reasons. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's what we want. You know, we don't want someone who's happy to just wait till halftime or, or see the game out with damage limitation. You want someone who's not afraid to back their gut instinct and make those changes. Yeah. Uh, an email from Alan Swift says, Hi, guys. Uh, for such a high-flying, skilled, top-of-the-table team, I feel that a one-nil loss, uh, one loss was more than poor form. Did they really want a draw after being 2-0 down with an unwelcome further midweek game? I don't think so. The performance was far too poor to brush aside as just another loss to a non-league side. They just didn't want it. Lack of effort and dreariness said otherwise. Hardly a shot on target from the division leaders. Uh, Alan questions. That uh, says, Total disrespect for a senseless 12-15 kickoff on a Sunday. Um, I've played in plenty of local football games in, in all positions and <laughs> brackets Alan says he's too versatile and I know what, when players want it the reserves will do better tomorrow and I can guarantee that uh, just to note that the total change uh, when we brush aside our bogey team chart on Saturday have I said too much Alan Swift on South Sea uh, no Alan the, the way the season's going I believe this season um, Pompey have been uh, I'd say they've been brushing aside a few sort of unwanted records and, and those sort of bogey teams and yeah who knows we could get that on Saturday uh, against Charlton but that's a game of course we're going to preview again on Friday night thank you very much Alan for getting in touch and one more here from Dave Byrne who says hi Jake as comfortable as I was with us against Reading last weekend the outcome at Chesterfield held no surprises whatsoever I feel this result has been on the cards for the last few games as we've looked less and less effective particularly through the middle of the pitch on Sunday it felt like men against boys Paul Cook uh, loads his team with experience and the physicality of National League football dictates that you need these types of players. Going up through the leagues, you look for different types of players and we are in this transition at the moment. And I feel caught us out at Chesterfield. Fair point. Thank you very much, Dave, for that on the emails who concludes with, we lost two influential players and that obviously played a part. We did look a bit lightweight. I like Will Norris's composure on the ball, but that early misjudgment and moment of panic seemed to set the tone for the entire 90 minutes. It probably gave Chesterfield more belief than they probably already had. Shout out to Joe Morrell, who did his utmost trying to keep us ticking over. Yeah, and I can certainly get on board with that, Dave, that if, if one player can 
sort of hold their, their heads very high after Sunday's performance and at least the effort um, that, that will be Joe Morrell in the midfield as well there. Dave, thank you very much for getting in touch. And if you did miss the second round draw for the FA Cup, um, ball number three was Pompey or Chesterfield. So, of course, Chesterfield took that and they have been rewarded with their victory over the Blues with a second round tie with Leighton Orient at home. So that's who Pompey would have played, Leighton Orient at home. Um, Tom, we're not really gutted about that, are we? Or are we? <laughs> um, depends which way you look at it. I mean, that would have been our, our fourth game against them of the season uh, after tomorrow's game and the, the second game in the league. But then again, you also look at it and think that would have been an... Actually, no, I'm not going to say easy. A favourable tie into the, uh, into the third round. Um, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it depends what way, what way you look at it. If you wanted to get into the FA Cup third round, then yes, yeah. that, that would have been a good tie. If uh, if not, then no, it would have been the fourth game against them this season. I think we could do without. I, I guess we had our third round trip and our fun last year, didn't we, away at Tottenham? We'll have this, we year. We'll have, yeah. we'll have this year off. Um, and actually, yeah. what, what it has meant, and maybe it has been a bit of a blessing in disguise losing to Chesterfield, don't shoot me, um, the postponed game at Northampton which was uh, scheduled for last month cancelled due to the international break has been rearranged and confirmed for Saturday the 2nd of December which would have been the weekend of the FA Cup second round Northampton Town losing at home to Barrow in their first round tie Pompey of course being defeated at wet Chesterfield meaning both them teams are not in action that weekend and the EFL for once have been very on the ball and have rescheduled that match for that same weekend so the Blues will travel to Northampton Town for a rearranged fixture not on a Tuesday night they're going to get that game in hand if you can call it that um, on a Saturday afternoon when they should have been playing FA Cup second round so yeah credit to uh, the EFL and of course both clubs for uh, knocking their heads together and rearranging that game for that weekend right we're going to get more reaction and a little bit of a preview to tomorrow's EFL trophy tie away at Leighton Orient from both Tom and Andy in a few moments time but it's time to head a very quick break and when we do return we're going to get a reaction to a massive victory for the Pompey women they were 3-0 victors away at home to MK Dons yesterday afternoon we'll be hearing the post-match thoughts of Jay Sadler we've just come away with a 3-0 win against MK Dons, who are a very good side, the way they move the ball, and they just lacked a bit of threat up top, but they will take points off teams, they will be a threat for most teams, and they have been already this season. So it says a lot about the character of this group. We've had to find a, a different way to winning games of football. As well as defender Riva Casley. That's all to come when the Football Hour reaches its conclusion next. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. The world is your oyster. With many bus routes offering services late into the evening, from 7pm every day you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South. So whether you're out with your mates, catching the latest blockbuster, on a late shift or just enjoying late night bus rides, visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour on Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Right, time now to get reaction to a massive victory for the Pompey women at home to MK Dons on Sunday afternoon. Let's hear from defender Reva Casley, who caught up with Max Swatton. Reva, 3-0 victory against MK Dons. What do you make of that performance and result? I think it's a massive performance for us. Um, obviously, it's the first home game that we've had in a while. Uh, we've been on the road a lot, um, got points everywhere we've been. Um, to come back home and get a 3-0 
win with a clean sheet is massive. Um, sit top of the table now, which I think is where we deserve to be. This team have got something special and I think we've just got to respond that today. You touched on it slightly there. How good was it to be back in front of our home fans today? So good. You could hear them throughout. A um, bit difficult to hear them over the win, but they, they're relentless. They, they're non-stop and then they greet you afterwards, so it makes it, makes it all worth it. As you said, three long away trips. So how important was it today to, to get back on home turf and, and really put on a performance? It's so important and I think it's just gone strength to strength week on week. Um, and I think after battling against MK last week and playing them for the second week on the bounce, but at home was massive. Um, and it was a 3-0 game, but it, it didn't feel like a 3-0 game. Um, we've battled for it, we've, we've taken our chances and we've, we've really made a statement to this league. As you said, we played them last week. It's always going to be a challenge. What did you find difficult about today, obviously, playing them last week and, and playing them? Did, you, sort of, did they play as, as you expected or was it slightly different? I mean, when you play a team back to back, you know, you know what they're going to do, and they know what you're going to do. So it's about finding the the creative spaces and <clears throat> changing maybe something that we do. Um, but I'd, credit to the girls and credit to the staff. We didn't change what we wanted to do. We stayed with the same same kind of process of play, and, and we broke them down and got the chances. How pleasing was it to get the clean sheet today? It's massive, and I'll always say it, I love a clean sheet. Um, I think we've only conceded two goals across however many games this year, and it's massive. Um, and I think the girls are buying in because I, I don't shut up about it. Um, but as a, as a defender, you don't get much praise, so walking away with a clean sheet is huge. We got the two goals before half-time. It came, became a, bit, a little, little bit frantic before half-time. What was Jay's message at the break? Um, I think we all kind of came in with the same mindset. Uh, we knew that we had to be better. We knew we had a couple of gears that we could step into um, we got obviously we got the early goals and like you say the game kind of opened up a little bit it, like I say again it, it didn't feel like a 3-0 game um, and we just kind of the message was kind of the same right from the off we knew that they were going to be scrappy we knew that they were going to fight for it and we just kind of had to match it and beat it where we could uh, and credit to everyone I think we did how can we be better what elements do you think we can improve on after today I mean, there's a lot that we do well, um, and I think maybe just improving the little things, the little niggly things, maybe just like the concentration. Um, a couple of times, like myself as well, we, we're making mistakes at the back and we're giving them chances, and if they capitalise on it, it's our own fault for giving away maybe an easy goal, if you like. Um, so just like the concentration throughout a game, and it's difficult, especially when you know, you're, you're fighting against a, a tough, tough side that will take you right to the end. You've just got to stay bang on it, really. And to finish on a positive note, what's the atmosphere like amongst the squad at the moment uh, and after full-time when the final whistle went? It's massive. Um, the girls are happy. Obviously, we've come back home and, and we've won. There's no better feeling than winning. And I think this, this group are just going to go from strength to strength and keep building week on week. And, you know, we're kind of just taking it week by week. So to kind of go into now a break of cup games, sat top of the table, it's, I think it's no less than what we deserve. Yeah, defender Reva Casley speaking to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle at Wesley Park yesterday afternoon. Pompey women with a 3-1 victory at home to MK Dons as they returned to action in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. That victory helped along by uh, a brace from Beth Lumsden scoring in the first minute of the first half and the second half and uh, Jazz Younger with a uh, header from the 12th minute as well. 3-0 victory for Pompey's women who have won eight of their nine games this season and that result has taken them top of the table leapfrogging hashtag united and uh, they are level on points with hashtag but with a far more superior goal difference pompey with plus 38 hashtag with plus 12 we're going to get more reaction now from jay sadler he was speaking also to max watton who asked what he made of the performance and the result 
I think we were good. I wouldn't say we were anything better than that. And that, coming away from a game today, and you see the disappointment from players. It was a bit subdued at the end of the game. We know we can be better, holistically. However, we've probably done enough today to win the game of football. Um, it always helps at the start when... Um, Obviously, we've, we've been able to get shot on goal within the first, what, 30 seconds and um, an error, but it's gone in the back of the net. And I think that goal then gave us some belief. It gave us some confidence then, and it gave us a platform to, to go on and, 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 and dominate probably that first 20 minutes or so. Um, to get the second goal gave us a nice lead at half-time. Um, but I still think there were moments in the game where we lost concentration. We lost a bit of focus. I think um, the game wasn't helped. How can you say it? The, the, the rhythm of the game was stifled by the way it was managed. Um, and I think when their play got a simbin, um, the whole game dynamic just changed. Um, so it was good to get in at half-time. Made a few little tweaks when we did get into the half. I felt we could have been a little bit more composed on the ball. and We could have worked it, pinned them back for longest, longer periods. Um, but it always helps in the second half when you go up within a minute, you, you go and get another goal to get a third. And then I think after that, the game was probably won. Um, the challenge to the players now is how in their moments can we be the team um, with the ascendancy and dominating the ball and, and, and being professional with it. However, when you objectify performance, you always look at how well you play with the ball. Um, and albeit we could have done better, I think against the ball we were superb. Every single player um, from the pressing, the, the mid-block to emergency defending, we were superb today. Um, and we, we defended um, resolutely whole game and that's why we've got another clean sheet here at Wesley. What does it say about the team being able to go out and grind out results like that when they're perhaps not at their best? Well, it also says a lot when players at half-time and players at full-time are disappointed um, and they know we can be better. But we've just come away with a 3-0 win um, against MK Dons, who are a very good side, the way they move the ball. And they just lacked a bit of threat up top. Um, but they will take points off teams. They will be a threat for most teams, and they have been already this season. So it says a lot about the character of this group. We've had to find a, a different way to winning games of football. However, that doesn't take away from the moments of quality. You look at the third goal as a, as a quality ball and a, and a fantastic finish by Beth. And even in that second half, we had some real good spells. We were able to break through the press with some real good intricate play. And when we did get in the half, we worked it more in the second half. And we had a couple of chances and we could have easily killed it um, later on in the game. So it says a lot about this group, a lot about their character, a lot about their determination, but a lot that they're, they're striving for excellence. This group constantly wants more. And although... We can sit back and go, do you know what, we've won the game of football and we're doing well. We know we can be better and, and that's ultimately the message and, and that's what we're striving for. What do you put the quick starts to both halves down to? I think we were, we were on it straight from the off. We wanted it today. We knew how big a game it would be. We knew what the ramifications were if we were to win the game. Um, and we wanted to get out MK Dons early. Um, last week, we, we probably were off them for the first period um, and they grew in confidence. And we didn't, want to, we didn't want it to be a game similar to last week where we were having to, to be patient and, and find a way in the 70 or 75th minute. Could we take the game to them on a big pitch? Could we make, make it hard for them, make it difficult for them, get on their back line? So as soon as we were able to have a shot with Beth, you know what she's capable of, or, albeit Chloe will probably be disappointed with it, but we'll, we'll take the goal and we'll take how they come. And then, like I said, off the back of that, I think it gave us confidence. I still, I still think there were moments where we put ourselves under pressure with our details, our details to defend 1v1 in wide areas. I think our details to miss players out and assess if they're pressing with four, how can we bypass that, bypass, 
press that and, and, and bypass that, sorry, and then get onto 4v4 in the top line. So there are still moments of learning, and, and I keep saying it, but we're learning, we're growing, and yet we're still winning games of football. And if that's not um, an ingredient to success, then I don't know what is. Just finally, how nice was it to be back home and, and to get a result in front of our home fans today? Yeah, it was brilliant to have so many fans, so many that had obviously supported the men on in the FA Cup earlier in the day and, and then come over to watch us. And then we also have our loyal group that come and watch us home and away. So it was it was superb to be to be with them today and be able to celebrate it. Um, likewise, just a, a final one on, on Lee making 100 appearances with us as, as our goalkeeping coach last week. There's a lot of work with set plays. So that second goal, I think when he saw Jazz in at the back post, um, there's a beaming smile on with the, with the work he does. And this just shows... Um, from the supporters to the backroom staff to the players, um, we're one big united group. We've set our stores out early. We know what we want to achieve, and I have the belief that we can go and do it. Head coach Jay Sadler after yesterday's 3-0 win over MK Dons at Wesley Park. The Pompey women next in action away at Fulham at Motspur Park this Sunday, the 12th of November in the FA Cup. Right, it is EFL Trophy action next for Pompey's men. They take on Leighton Orient away from home tomorrow evening. Here's more on VOs. Following Sunday's FA Cup defeat at Chesterfield, the Blues have a quick turnaround and are back on the road just two days later. The EFL Trophy is the focus now, with a place of the knockout stages up for grabs. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. Pompey have five points on the board and sit top of Group E of the Southern section, following a 3 0 draw and a penalty shootout victory over the Fulham under 21s in their opening group stage fixture, which was followed by a 5 1 thrashing of Gillingham at Fratton Park in October. All that is required for the Blues to guarantee their progression to the next stage is one more point, which they'll be hoping to get over the line when they take on Leighton Orient under the floodlights of Brisbane Road. Manager. 43-year-old Richie Wellens is currently manager of Leighton Orient. Wellens, who featured for the likes of Blackpool, Leicester City and Doncaster Rovers during a playing career spanning 18 years, moved into management in 2017 after retiring at Macclesfield earlier that same year. Oldham Athletic were the first club to hand Wellens an opportunity in the dugout, however wielded the axe following the conclusion of his first and only season with the Latics. During the summer of 2018, following his dismissal at Boundary Park, Wellens was appointed as manager of League Two outfit Swindon Town, who he managed to win promotion with during his second season in charge, which was decided on points per game due to the curtailment of English League football, thanks to the outbreak of COVID-19. Wellens has also previously taken charge of Salford City, winning the Amis the postponed EFL trophy in 2021, where they beat Pompey on penalties following a goalless draw at Wembley. Before taking charge of Leighton Orient in March 2022, Wellens had a short spell at former club Doncaster, where he was dismissed after just 199 days. Wellens added a second promotion as Champions of League Two onto his CV when he took Leighton Orient to win the title after a 2-0 home win over Crew Alexandra on April 22nd. His side would go on to accrue 91 points in total come the end of last campaign. One to watch. Northern Irish midfielder Ethan Galbraith is one to look out for in this one. Galbraith, who is 22 years of age, has asserted himself as a regular in Richie Wellens' side this season and has one EFL trophy to his name thus far, as well as scoring a penalty in the shootout with Fulham's under-21s at Brisbane Road in the club's previous match in this competition. The former Manchester United player will be the one wearing the number 22 shirt in red. Top scorer. With five league goals to his name at this stage of the season, 
Cypriot striker Ruel's Tiriu is the club's leading scorer. The 23-year-old was born relatively nearby to Leighton Orient in the London borough of Enfield and has been with the O's since his childhood, turning pro in 2017. Sotiriu's last goal came at Orient's most recent fixture, scoring at home to Carlisle United in the FA Cup on Saturday. The forward, who wears the number 10 shirt for the club, has only featured in 31 minutes of the club's EFL Trophy adventure this season and has not yet scored in the competition. Current form. Leighton Orient are unbeaten in their last six matches across all competitions. The O's were victorious in their FA Cup first round tie on Saturday, defeating Carlisle United by three goals to one on home soil. Their reward for that win is a trip to Chesterfield in round two, the side who of course dumped Pompey out of the competition on Sunday. In League One, Richie Weddon's side occupy 14th position after an accumulation of 20 points from their opening 15 games, six points off the playoff places and also six clear of the relegation zone. In the EFL Trophy this season, Orient suffered a 2-1 defeat away at Gillingham in their opening group stage match before drawing 2-2 with the Fulham under-21s on September the 19th picking up the bonus point after winning the penalty shootout. They are currently rock bottom of the group, though just one point stands in the way of them and second place Gillingham. Can the Blues secure progression to the knockout stages of the EFL Trophy, or will they be dumped out of a second competition in the space of just three days? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. There we are, very closer look into Leighton Orient, Pompey's opponents of the EFL Trophy tomorrow night. Andy Mitchell-Moore, a score prediction from you, please. We'll go with a Pompey bouncing back at a 3-1 win. It's going to be entertaining. Andy, thank you. What about yourself, Tom? I'm going to go for a 2-0 Pompey win. Right, lovely stuff. Tom, thank you very much. Andy as well. Likewise to yourself, thank you very much for not only your school predictions this evening, but your contributions throughout the entire show as well. Right, I think, yeah, I'm going to go for, I think there's goals in this one. It usually is me, FL Trophy. 3-2 Pompey win. Yeah, I reckon they'll secure their progression to the knockout stages of the competition. Right, you can catch all of the unmissable action when Pompey Live returns at the slightly earlier than usual time on a Tuesday night from 6 o'clock tomorrow evening. As the Blues travel to Brisbane Road, it's a 7 o'clock kickoff against Leighton Orient in the third and final group stage fixture of the season's competition. All the unmissable action. This is... Pompey Live. Portsmouth's FA Cup campaign came to an end at the first hurdle. Chips in a ball which Norris misses and Naylor heads into the net. And Tom Naylor has given Chesterfield the lead. More cup action does await Pompey next though as they travel to Leighton Orient in the EFL Trophy. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday evening from 6. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. Yeah, that's right. You heard correctly. Tuesday evening from 6 is when Pompey Live is back on air because the kickoff at Brisbane Road for tomorrow's EFL Trophy tie is 7pm. Bit of a strange one, but we have to deal with it. 7pm the kickoff for Pompey vs Leighton Orient in the EFL Trophy to see if the Blues can secure their place in the knockout stages of the competition. A big thank you to everybody who tuned in to tonight's show on the social media platforms as well for getting involved. Cheers to Stagecoach Across the South for supporting another edition of the Football Hour here on Express FM. There is another game tomorrow of course Gillingham hosting the Fulham under 21's meet EFL trophy coinciding with Pompey's clash with Leighton Orient Pompey top of the group with five points two points clear of second place Gillingham and three clear of Fulham under 21's and Leighton Orient who occupy third and fourth respectively so only a point needed for the Blues to secure progression to the round of 32 of what is now the Bristol Street Motors trophy yeah I can't keep up with the sponsors either 
Big thank you most of all, of course, to my two guests tonight, Andy Mitchmore and Tom Malley. And Andy, yourself, thank you very much for tuning in. And Tom Malley as well. Thank you very much for calling in tonight, mate. Always a pleasure, mate. Looking forward to the next time. <laughs> Cheers, Tom. Cheers, Andy. We'll catch up with them later. Like I said, big thank you for everyone for tuning in. It's been great to have you. I'll see you again on Friday from 6 to preview Charlton at home. But until then, Blues fans, take care, enjoy your week, and play at Pompey. Good night.